570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Rodney? Yes? Armando Medina. Armando. USPS Postal Carrier in Costa Mesa. Wants a shout Armando. out. Armando. Nice. Nice, Armando. What's going on, Armando? Costa Mesa. We appreciate you listening to the show every day. Okay. We're pretty excited now. Uh, the Daily Spirituality and Haiku at 2 will move to later on in the hour. Because rarely can we say we have a bigger name on the other line. But today we do. Dodger reliever Alex Vessia joins the show. We're excited to have you, Alex. We've wanted to talk to you, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be on. Okay. So much to get into. I want to start with this. Uh, You grew up in Alpine, right, in the San Diego County Mountains. That's like 15,000 people. Uh, (laughs) What's it like living or growing up in a town of 15,000? Uh, you know, small, small town, kind of everybody, uh, everybody knows everybody and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great community out there. All right, man. So you, you, you played little league. You said you, you hung around, you camped, you do all those things when you were growing up. What, what team was your team? Who were you a fan of? Oh, uh, uh, my, my dad's a big New York Yankee fan. So he, uh, that, that was something that he, he kind of embraced and put on me as early early age i always uh looked up to like Derek jeter as a uh-huh. as a role model you gotta go as your dad's yeah. don't go my dad was a big giant giants fan fred really? so, there you go you know yeah even though i wanted to like the dodgers he was a big giants fan so i had to break <laughs> ties from him eventually as i got older so i i understand where you're coming from alex yeah yeah and then as i as i got older you know and i i was playing the, the sport, you know, I, I kind of felt myself gravitate towards specific players. You know what I mean? I I, I really liked CC Sebastia when he was coming up with 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 Cleveland, and you know, like David Price and, and Andy Pettit. So, like, you know, I, I kind of felt that as I got older, I never really had like a, a a favorite team. It was more like a favorite player, or or just like I kind of just love love the game. So. No, I hear you. I hear you, especially especially as you get older, you start playing. Um, you you may have teams that you like, but you really identify with players, and I, I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, but you, you mentioned David Price. Now that you're on the same team with him, what's that been like? Yeah. What's the interaction with David Price been like for you? It's, it's been really good. You know, I definitely – I had to – my first month, I, I, I felt like I uh, I was a little bit shy. You know, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or, you know, uh, get get in the way. But, you know, when I got back up here the, the second time, I felt a lot more comfortable. And, and uh, yeah, the, the interactions I've had w- with Bueller and Kershaw and David Price, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful that I, I, I get to have the conversations that I've had. And uh, I definitely feel like they've contributed to my success you know, out, out on the mound these last couple of weeks. So it's been really good. You know, I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've been having a lot of fun. 
Alex Vessia of the Dodgers is with us. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. You're pitching in Miami, and then you find out you were traded to the Dodgers. What were your initial yeah. thoughts? Yes! I was, I was <laughs> speechless, man. I, uh, so I was already out there because it was right before spring training. So I wanted to get out there and uh, kind of to, you know, get the coaches and myself on the same page. And I, I threw a, a bullpen the day before. I was talking with the coaches the, the day of, and uh, I go back to my apartment where I was staying. And an hour later, I got a phone call from one of our, our head scouts uh, that, that was in, in the Miami Marlins organization. And he's like, hey, I just want to let you know that you got traded. And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I just got traded. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I was like, what? <laughs> I, was, I had a smile, man. I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I couldn't believe it. I, I called my agent, and he, I mean, he couldn't believe it. And then uh, I called my mom. And she was at Costco shopping, and she, I, I think she completely forgot what she was shopping for at Costco. And uh, and then I, I called my dad, and he, uh, he, I mean, he couldn't believe it. He, he was just like, hey, I'll, I'll see you in a couple weeks in Arizona. And sure enough, you know, I got out to Arizona, and, and my mom and dad and, and my girlfriend were out there for our, our first game, you know. And I think that's the, the coolest thing is that I'm back on, on the West Coast, and, you know, my parents and, and girlfriend get to come up to the games pretty much every weekend, you know, and uh, I definitely yeah. missed that when I was over with Miami, you know, so. Yeah, I I, I mean, I want to stay with that because I, I think about that call, and that call could have gone a, a different direction. They could have said, we're sending you to Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wasn't even I wasn't even in the in the in the mindset that I was going to get traded. You know, there was no trade talks. There was nothing on social media. So, I mean, it was really blindsided to me. I probably would have had the same reaction if it was, you know, any other team just because it was so out of the blue, you know what I mean? But, being, you know, with uh, being it was the, the Dodgers, and I, I know how amazing that they, you know, their organization has been, I just, you know, I was ecstatic because I knew that it was going to take my game to the next level. So, so what happened? All right, you got the call. You talked to your agent. You talked to your folks. You told your girlfriend. When did the Dodgers yeah. contact you? Who was it, and what did they say? Um, I believe the first. I believe it was the first first person that called me was was Brandon Gomes, and he had basically you know congratulated me, and uh, you know he was looking forward to getting me back out. To, to Arizona because it was funny. I just flew all the way over to, to Florida. Now I got to fly all the way back. And um, yeah, he was he was kind of he just said uh, let it sink in and and uh, kind of come ready uh, during, for spring training. So yeah, that was it was cool. It was a great conversation. And when you got to Arizona, spring training is underway. Do they tell you at all? Uh, our plan for you is X. We expect this from you. This is what we want to do with you. Or are you just there now and fighting for a job? Uh, it was a little bit of both because, you know, when you go to a new organization, um, you know, you kind of have to get a feel for, for everybody. You know, I was meeting so many uh, new people, remembering new names. And the first, like, couple weeks, it was definitely kind of just in that, that introduction phase, you know. And then I think it was after my second or third outing uh during spring training uh Connor McGinnis he sat me down and had all these different comparison uh 
side by side of my mechanics, you know, and that's when we really like dug deep into uh, my mechanics and how my how the body works and stuff like that. And and you know, it, it's taken me a little bit to to kind of you know get all those mechanical changes down, but uh, they're definitely working for sure. You know, and that's you know, I've I've never hit ninety seven in my life until the last couple outings. So yeah, something's working, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I saw you hit it a couple times uh, the other night, man. Yeah. Like, Ooh, he popping it at ninety seven. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so you so you talked about your, your your parents and your girlfriend being able to see you play, man. Talk about that yeah. a little bit more because I know how special that's got to be being able, like you said, on the East Coast, and then getting that call coming to play for the Dodgers. They say I'll meet you in Arizona. They meet you for spring training. They're there, but now they get to see you in Dodger Stadium, man. I yeah. want to talk about that yeah, first, so, that experience uh, of playing in Dodger Stadium with your family there. Yeah, that, it, that's, that's been amazing. You know, we, uh, the first, like, three or four outings I had, we only had uh, half capacity, right? And then once it fully got opened up, uh, my dad was like, man, how do you do it? You know, you, you got 50,000 screaming every night, and, uh, it, you know, you have to channel all that energy and stay focused, locked in on uh, either – Barnes or, or Smith glove, you know, it's, it, it's just, uh, it's something that's, I'm a lot more comfortable with and, uh, I've, you know, I'm, I've embraced it. And I mean, man, I, I, I really do enjoy it, you know, and then being able to look up into the stands and, and I know pretty much where my parent parents and girlfriend are going to sit, uh, every night. So I, I can, uh, I spot them. I, I try to acknowledge them to make sure that they know that I know where they're at. So, you know, because there's so many fans, and you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's a it's a fun it's a fun time. I I love yeah, just, it. Just so. just think about that, man. You you had a pitching in front of thirty three hundred in Miami, as opposed to fifty thousand in Dodger Stadium. It's a dramatic difference. Yeah, I mean, even if you can go even further than that, man. I went to a Division two school where we had twenty people in the stands. You know, and I'm trying. You know, you're pitching then. <laughs> You know, up at Cal State East Bay, you know, Division Two school, and uh, yeah, now I'm pitching for the Dodgers where there's fifty thousand. Like I, man, uh, so I I got to pinch myself sometimes, but you know, I, I'm here. It's it's uh, it's great, man. Alex Vesey is our guest. Uh, okay, people say when they come to the Dodgers, they can overload you with information. And sometimes it's hard to get your bearings because they tell you so much and they want you to be so good and they try to work with you on everything. What was that like for you? Uh, I honestly told them to give me it all. I said, might as well, at least during spring training, you know, I told them I, I want I want all the information and we can, we can talk about it all. And then, you know, through spring training, I was able to kind of filter things I didn't like, things I did like, um, and, and, you know, kind of go from there. But I, I've always been, uh, you know, on the hunt for more information, more more data, more analytic stuff, because um, when, I, when I grew up and everything, I didn't have any of that stuff, you know. And now, now going to the Dodgers where they, you know, they have it all and then they can also explain it to me and, you know, give me a good outlook on it, man. It, it's, it, I, I was all in, you know, so it, it, that was cool. That's great, man. Uh, Alex, talk. You, you, you mentioned you, you went to a, a small college, and talk about how much that helped you as opposed to, you know, like a lot of guys come straight out of high school, how much the college experience helped you in your development? Oh, yeah. 
call I mean college was was the best thing that I've ever you know that that decision um, and honestly it was going to college right I mean I my my parents did a, did a great job with my upbringing and everything but at, at one point you know it's like hey I I need to start doing this on my own you know and uh, I definitely think that going up to college you know I got I got to make decisions on my own learn lessons and, and you know that that was a huge thing and then also going to to a college where I knew I was going to pitch you know I think that was a, a huge thing is that my freshman year I had 70 innings you know and I learned so much each and every start I was a starter then um, you know so I started all four years at, at East Bay and and then in pro balls when I turned into a reliever but yeah definitely college t- for me was was a very very key uh, decision you know because I didn't throw hard in high school I might have topped out at 84 miles an hour I was a a scrawny kid who, I mean, I, I could barely uh, squat the bar. You know, I wasn't very strong. And over those four years, I, I learned how to work out. And uh, definitely all, all the coaches at, at East Bay, you know, helped me become the, the pitcher that that I am now. And, you know, it's I, I, I felt like it has a really good foundation. You know, it added a really good foundation for me. So, Do you remember your first conversation with Dave Roberts? Yeah, we walked in, and uh, he sat me down, and, and uh, we we started talking about San Diego. And that that was a that was a pretty cool uh, conversation. And same with Mark Pryor. You know, we we were all in the same room together, and they were asking me about my pitches and, and you know what what I like, what I don't like, and they were, they were just trying to get a feel for me. You know, and I was I was trying to get a trying to get the the kind of what they wanted uh, out of me. So yeah, it was cool. And uh, um, oh, go ahead, Rodney. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's got to be cool right now. You know, you obviously in the in the playoff hunt, a couple uh, two and a half games back from the Giants chasing them, um, but also playing this series in San Diego's got to be special for you too. Um, and I, I want you to talk about that, but I also want to know: Did you get any uh, tapatios burritos for the fellas while you guys are down there? Oh yeah, oh yeah! Come on, you know I, that was the first place I went. I I, uh, I had to get me, me some tapatios, man. I we actually got so we had the off day on Monday, so we I drove down after the game uh, on Sunday, and I spent the day at, at my house in San Diego, and uh, we actually sell or in Alpine, and we celebrated my grandpa's uh, 81st birthday, and we nice. all got tapatios and stuff, and that that was super cool because that's the first time our family's all been together. Um, since the quarantine, you know, and so super special, you know, and then also, you know, being able to look up in the stands then the next day and uh, I'm pitching and, and, you know, I had probably 50 people out in the stands uh, last night throwing. So that, that was cool. You know, you talk about looking up into the stands and you're pitching. When they tell you, okay, get loose, what's running through your mind? Because you're, you're actually in pretty high leverage situations now. What are you thinking as you're right. loosening up? you're coming onto the field and then you stand on the mound. Yeah. So, I mean, basically it starts from my, my routine is, you know, I, I do my bands, I get stretched out, uh, in the bullpen. And, you know, I usually have a, a good feeling of who is going to be, whose name's going to be called. Right. And, you know, once I get warmed up, I try to focus on, on what three batters that I'm going to face, you know, and, um, trying to, to kind of play it through my head. I will pick I want to throw or, or you know, 
you know, if I get in certain counts and if there's runners on, right? So, like, last night I didn't I, – I came in in a clean inning. But, the, you know, the last week I came in with runners on first and third. So, you know, it's all about the the uh, situation and, uh, yeah, running out on the field. That's always – I try to keep my heart rate down and I just try to tell myself to breathe because it's kind of a long jog from center field into the mound. Yeah. There's a couple of times where I I forget to breathe and it's like <laughs> I'm all out of breath and you know it's, it just goes downhill from there. So, <laughs> hey, can, can I tell you something? Um, at least in our house, and and I'm sure all Dodger fans, man, we love watching you. We just love it. And the thing I take away from it is you are so enthusiastic and so pumped when that inning ends. Have you always been that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There is a uh, so there, there's a funny story that my buddy actually he could tell it's way better, but I can tell it from from my point of view. But it was my first outing uh, outside of the the GCL. So I got called up to to Batavia, which was the short season A ball in 2018, and it was the first time that I had pitched under the lights. Right in college, I never, I never really did that. We always played games during the day, so it was my first time performing underneath the lights, and uh, I, we were losing. It was like seven to one or seven to three or whatever, right? So I come into the, I think it was fifth, sixth inning, and I get out of the inning, and I was so pumped. I, you know, I, I give my my uh, manager a fist bump, and like I was just, I did what I usually do, right? And everyone's like, dude, we're losing eight to one. Like, chill out. <laughs> and I just, I like, it's, it's just, that's, that's what I do, you know? And, and I've had to, you know, I do respectfully, you know, the, with the score and everything like that, you know, obviously if we're, we're losing or, or, you know, things like that, like it, it won't be as much. I'll, I will definitely bottle that in, but like, you know, when we're winning, I mean, I, all bets are off, you know, we're winning, you know, and, yeah, it's uh, uh, that's me. You know, I'm just being myself. So, that, I love that. I, I love that to keep being yourself, man. And I'm wondering, you know, when you're out there, sometimes when you got it going, and, and like you said, you, you you're a reliever now. Um, but does that does that starter mentality get back into you? Like, man, I, I can go another inning, man. I need I need one more. Why are you taking me out now? I, let me go back in there. I'm feeling it right now. Do you ever get that feeling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. There's definitely times where. Um, you know, especially with like a super short inning where it's like, man, I want to get back out there, but I know my role. I know that, you know, to, to help the team, I need to be hot again the next day. So I definitely, you know, I'm playing that happy medium of, yeah, I would love to go back out there, but it's, that's not what we need. We need, you know, me hot and ready to go again the next night. So how many days in a row do you think you could go? Um, I mean, I went three days in a row. This, the, the, was a couple, couple weeks ago, I I went three days in a row and that, that was good. My, my body's bounced back actually pretty well from that. Um, I don't know about four or five days. I've never done that. So I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, you know, but yeah, I definitely, three, three in rows is good. You know, back to back two days that, that, that's pretty easy. My body, uh, and arm bounced back fairly well from that. So, All right, listen, we appreciate you doing this. We really wanted to get you on the show. Uh, yeah. We love yeah, I mean, watching uh, you, man. I love it. We love watching you. 
You're so much fun Appreciate to watch. That. You're so enthusiastic. <laughs> um, congratulations on your success. And come back on. Yeah, it, it touches our Thank heart you. that you're as close as you are Damn. to your parents. Uh, your girlfriend gets oh, yeah. to see a pitch. Keep it going, man, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, shoot, maybe uh, maybe in a month or so when we're, we're in playoffs or something, I can uh, I can come back on and, uh, and talk some playoff baseball. Book it. You're in. Appreciate it, Alex. Thanks. Very cool. All right, you guys have a great day. You too. Now, when that, you talk to him, Fred. That was good. When you, you know, certain people, they're, they're one person – when you see him in a different person off the field, he's the same guy. He's the same guy. He's emotional. He's animated. He's great on the on the mound and and when we talk to him, um, great guy, great kid. That was great. Yeah, Kevin, good job. I'm so glad we could get him on the air, and I hope uh, you you fans enjoyed that because we certainly did. Okay, spirituality is next. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570 LA Sports. <laughs> Ronnie. I like it, Ronnie. I really do. I really like it. Rodney P. Fred Rogan on a Wednesday hump day. What a great chat with Alex Bessia. Oh, my gosh. If you liked him already, you like him even more after that. Just a humble kid, good yeah. guy. Yeah. Having a good time. I love the way he talked about his parents. Yep, yep. It was great. What that meant to him. Dodgers he's, gave he's up. He's got Dylan. it in perspective. I think that's the really yeah. cool part about him. Yeah. The Dodgers Knows gave his up. role. You know, knows his role. I mean, came in knowing his role, knowing what he's supposed to do. It's great. Yeah, and the Dodgers really wanted him. I mean, they gave yeah. up Dylan Floro to get Yeah, they him. did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, this wasn't just some throw-in guy. They really, really wanted him. So it was great to have him on the show. Okay, because we had Alex Vessia on at the top of the hour, we cannot live our daily spirituality. So even though it's 2.30, we're going to welcome on Vic the Brick. And by the way, a number of people have now tweeted, Rodney, after you asked for that earlier, and said, don't F yes. this up, Fred. <laughs> so I don't know how I do that, but I won't. Or I'll try not. What, Kevin? What do you mean you don't know how you do it? How do? When do I ever do that? When do you ever not? Well, we'll find out. Let's welcome on Vic the Brick for the Daily Haiku at 2. And Vic, good afternoon. 2.31. Ah! You had it! Wow. Oh. My mistake. Oh, you are going so well. My mistake. Why, Fred? <laughs> After an amazing Vessia interview, I think the whole Ciudad has fallen in love with Vessia again. What a great kid. What a great attitude. Just uh, like something out of a... Uh, a baseball fantasy book. Yeah. So, tremendous interview with Vessia. Thank you, has he Has he given up a run this year? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's always one inning, shut out. One inning, shut out. Seventh inning, out. Seven, out. Well, I'm pretty in sure. In comes Trinan, in comes Kenley, boom. 
That's it. Earlier in the year, maybe, Kevin, right? Yeah, was, I'm pretty sure his ERA is not zero. It's a 2.48. So, no, he has given up a run at some point this year, Vic. Yes. He, he's unbelievable. Alpine's on the map, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. VTP. He's the executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your hands together. It's Kevin. It's Ronnie. It's Kevin Figgis. Yeah, come on, now, brother. I got you. It's all good. By the way, talking about Vessia, he has yeah. not allowed a run this entire month. The last That's time I, I, yeah. he allowed a run, earned or unearned, was on July 30th. Is that unbelievable? And before that, the last time he allowed a run was in late May. Dealing. So he allowed one run in the month of July and has not allowed, allowed a single run in the month of August. I would put that stat up against any relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. So would I. Again, the way of Friedman, like you say, Fred, we gave up a lot. Dylan Floro is a nice pitcher. Yeah. But you're right. They wanted... They wanted this kid from Alpine, man. They wanted Vessia. And he's just been a, a revelation. Yeah. On the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours, it's Ronnie Fascio. Audio clarity with King Flavor. Technology and stuff. Ready. That was respectful. Again, do you guys like my philosophy of the, of, the, of the Dodger victory? Every night, it seems, has, has his blueprint. Grind, grind, grind. Kenley Jansen makes us muy loco. Well, that was certainly fair last night. I think it happens every night, Fred. We're grinders, man. We're going to grind the hated ones into submission. And I want to thank the Mets for showing up last night. Ha, <laughs> ha. Yeah, that was yeah, kind of them. Your hometown team, Vic. What in the world, what in the world with them boys from Queens? Well, they suck. That's why. <laughs> they're a terrible team. You know, they're, yeah, they're in free they, fall. They, they, they got Hobby back, and now they got Lindor back, Vic. I, I'm, I'm expecting some big things from them the rest of this Baez series. Has been a, Baez has been a slump all year, and so has Lindor. He came back. They, Baez just got back. He just got back. They're going nowhere. He, he, hey, he was the big reason they won that last game against the Dodgers, Vic. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Hobby Baez, yeah, Baez had a nice game against the Dodgers. He, yeah, yes. he, he didn't show up against. He didn't show up against the Giants last night. Well, that's when you should show up against the hated ones. Yeah, right. The door's back. Even though he went over four, he's back though. He's Come back. On. They, they got to get a couple from them. Well, let, the let them rise up tonight and play yes. some ball. Yes, Vic. I mean, they used Why to you be all stars. make a call back there, Vic? I know you know a guy. I do know guys. Yes, you do, and you know what I'm talking about, Vic. I do make know what call. you're talking about. Yeah, we need the Mets to do some damage, man. Yes, we do. But those Dodger Padre games are still classics. No matter no matter how f funky the Padres have gotten, they still play us tough. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's a rivalry. It's not a hated ones rivalry, but it's a nice it's a nice and bitter rivalry. Yes. 
it's nice and bitter. It's good, yes. you know. It's good baseball. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, USC when I was there for, you know, UCLA and Notre Dame are the rivals. But you know, it's kind of like you know, you got a rival with Stanford a little bit. You got a little Cal, yeah. you know, Stanford mm -hmm. Cal, Northern Cal sure. thing. You know, little Washington State. Like that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Washington, Washington State. State. No. Come on, man. come on, really, Washington State. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's there is a little there's a little chip with Stanford with SC and Stanford, always has been a little bit. Kind of like the little you know the little brother to the north. Want to congratulate to the Padres down there? A little bit. You're right. It's a it's a good as you know yeah. you know the analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, congratulations to the Trojans. They're all vaccinated, and that's that's a good yes. thing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Now if the NFL can learn from them. Absolutely. The planet can learn from them. Correct. This haiku for you is from one of Fred's favorites. Alan Pizzarelli. Oh, my God. The guy from New Jersey? <laughs> Correct. From Newark. Yeah, he going to get the Mets playing tonight. When I think That's haikus, right. I think of a guy from Newark, Vic. Well, he used to hang out with Alan Ginsberg's father okay. in Newark. Well, that qualifies him. <laughs> So he's got a lot of little literary uh, chops. Literary chops. Yes. Okay. Alan Pizzarelli, for you, on this Wednesday, August the 25th. I can't believe the month of August is winding down. Is it's winding, Vic. Oh, yeah, it's winding. It's winding. Yeah. And the Paralympic Games are up and running in Tokyo, Japan. I just want to let yes. everyone know. Yes. I was watching opening ceremonies. They were amazing from uh, Tokyo. It's a, you know, just think of the resiliency of Japan. Their COVID cases are surging out of control. They've just hosted the Olympic Games, and yes. now they're hosting the Paralympic Games. And they're doing it with incredible uh, class and dignity and respect. And, uh, just unbelievable. So I want to shout out to the land of the rising sun. Konnichiwa over there. Konnichiwa. They're listening right now in the epic. Trust me. I know they listen in Tokyo. I know they listen, you know, down in Kyoto. And I know they listen in, Hok in Hokkaido. They're listening. Yeah, we're big there. Don't underestimate the international audience for it. No, I'm not. Not at all. Yeah, Freddie. You know, we're global. You know that. Yes. AM 570 LA Sports. Remember, Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck at 6 with Tim Cates. First pitch, 7-ish, right here, AM 570 LA Sports. It's Beulah. Beulah. Uh -huh. Cy Young. Who's close to Beulah? Nobody. What a clutch dude, man. First and second, nobody out. Bueller says, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Let me show you what I got. Let me show you what I got. Bueller. Bueller. And where was Vessia's uh, ta uh, tacos from? What was that place again? Tapatios. Tapatios, man. Yeah. That's a good heads up. What a, that's a good heads up. Yeah. That's his go-to. Yeah. That's his go-to. Yeah. That's good stuff. Con mucho gusto. 
Rodney. Yeah. Look at me, I'm a wreck. Yes. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night. No? No, I got these I got these shooting pains up my neck. Oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know why. Nothing to be alarmed about. I think it's my some gland is uh going gaga on me. Well, get uh, that check, Vic. Did you run out of your CBD? I'm going today, in fact, yeah. Okay. Some gland is going Lady Gaga on me. Oh, no. Gaga. hate when that happens. I know. Well, we have so many glands we never talk about. And there's a reason for that. It's true, Fred. Well, glands probably are not the most fascinating right. topic. But they really are an integral part of your body. Yes. Game over. All the empty seats turn blue. I'm feeling you. Alan Pizzarelli. Look at Pizzarelli. <laughs> look at Pizzarelli. Yeah, look at Pizzarelli. Actually, that, that wasn't bad today, Vic, by Pizzarelli. Yeah. Yeah, the, right? the seats are even sad. The game is over. Exactly. All blue. All, all yeah. blue. All Dodger blue. Unless you're in a stadium where the seats are already blue. Well, you can spin it that way. Absolutely. Well, okay then. <laughs> I want to thank Pizzarelli once again for his uh, contribution. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Uh, all right. A little more business before we get out of here, Rodney. Uh, new book out. We got to talk about it. Yes. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Bogan and Rodney. That's right, Rodney beat Fred Rogan on a hump day. Looking forward to this next guy, Fred. Absolutely. A buddy, Ted Sobel, he's written a book called Touching Greatness. Uh, if you've lived in Los Angeles for any part of your life, you know Ted, and you know the people he has touched and the people that have touched him. Let's bring him on right now. Ted, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Always look forward to touching greatness with two great ones in L.A. All right, well, listen. Given how long you've been around, you've seen it all. You've experienced an awful lot of greatness. You've rubbed elbows with over 750 Hall of Famers, sports, music, showbiz. You've done it all, a few U.S. presidents. Why'd you write the book? Well, because people like you keep telling me I've done it all. So I have so many stories, Fred, really. Uh, you know, just the fact that over the years, somebody say, hey, remember that thing you told me about when you met uh, Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams and, and uh, Roberto Clemente and uh, all the way back to Joe Lewis and Sugar Ray Robinson? You know what? I said, if I don't do this now, I may never do it, and it's good to still have my memory. So that's why I put it together. And it turned out to be so many damn stories, guys, that uh, there literally is scheduled to be volumes two and three of Touching Greatness because I can't get it all into one book. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm waiting on the documentary coming out next. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> because you have. You've touched so many lives, been around so many different people, interesting people, interesting events. It, it, it's it's got to be incredible. And I'm not going to pin you down to, to talk about your best one or favorite one or anything like that. But if you can, Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's certain, there's certain people like for me growing up, like I, I was such a fan of Muhammad Ali. And, and then I got a chance to meet him. It was the best thing in the world. It was like the, I had felt like I had 
come to a, a pinnacle in my life because I had met the guy that I worshipped when I was a sure. kid. I got a chance to meet him and talk with him and, and you know and become friend with him before he passed. It was just the greatest thing in the world. For you, growing up, watching somebody, and then maybe getting a chance to meet him, what was that like for you, and who was that? Well, Rodney, I think uh, that's sort of the premise of the book itself, is the guys you grew up admiring, whether it was sports or music or entertainment or anything, uh, and getting a chance to meet them. A lot of times, there's, a, there's too much disappointment when you get to meet these people, because they're not who you thought they were. Right. But to me, it was one guy, and it was Elgin Baylor, and I got a whole chapter in Touching Greatness about that, because Elgin was so great before everybody was able to really get into the NBA was not that big back in the mid-60s when I started watching him. I went to the sports arena several times to see him play live. And then when I went to school in high school at Fairfax High, I was in a situation where I was playing uh, basketball there, and one of my new teammates, because it was a whole new neighborhood for me, says, hey, you know, you moved into the same area as Elgin Baylor. And I said, come on, you got to be kidding me. So the next, I'll say, let's say three to four months, my entire goal in life is to find out where this man lived. And I literally stalked him in a nice way, guys. <laughs> All I wanted to do was shake his hand. And uh, I was hitchhiking up the hill. Uh, the late Della Reese used to pick me up uh, on a regular basis. She was wow. really nice. And she dropped me off halfway up the hill. And, and I looked over my shoulder as a car was driving by, and it was Elgin. And I said, well, now I know what kind of a car he drives. So <laughs> I wandered through the neighborhood for several more weeks trying to find that car, knocked on his door one day, and uh, the rest is history. We became friends, and I knew him for five decades, and uh, just an unbelievable guy. Took me to games while he was still playing, and it was just the whole story is in touch and greatness, and it's one of my favorite stories of my life. Ted Sobel is with us, wrote the book Touching Greatness. You know Ted. He's been around. He's worked at all the radio stations, KFWB, KNX, the old KMPC, currently with the Sports USA Network. Uh, Ted, you just have a natural curiosity about people. How did you develop that? You know what? I think that uh, it was always there. I was the, the guy in the back of the room in third and fourth grade, always raising my hands with, I got a question about this, I got a question about that. Uh, but when they called on me, I wasn't always ready. So that was a whole different story. Then I want to hide underneath the desk. But uh, I always was curious about stuff. And I think that's what makes a decent reporter, don't you, Fred? Just the fact, if you don't listen and if you're not curious about what they have to say, you're not going to have very good questions. So I think it stems from really, as a little kid, my mother always used to say, you talk too much, so you better end up in radio, and guess what? Yeah, and you get paid to do it, which is good news. <laughs> exactly. Occasionally. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. That's great. Um, and, and by the way, great story about Elgin Baylor. That's that's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you can get away with that today, Ted, stalking somebody. You can, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons, Rodney, that I really like the, the idea of telling people this is how it used to be, at least potentially. Now, if you walked up to LeBron James' house, you have to get past the moat, the 16 guys that are security guards and whatever, right? No, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so individual-wise, Elgin Baylor was the guy. What about event-wise that you went to? Uh, I can remember, and I'm going to throw this back like I did before. Growing up, I was that son of a coach and, and grew up in Arizona, but I loved USC and I loved US, UCLA. I loved the West Coast Pac-8 at the time as was, uh, and the Rose Bowl. And I just dreamt of playing in the Rose Bowl. And then I got a chance to play in the Rose Bowl, and it was sure. – 
it was everything as advertised, playing in it and, and having that fantasy growing up as a kid. For you, what event for you or events that just stood out in your mind over the years? Well, events to cover as a professional, no doubt, it's three of them. It's Wimbledon, the British Open, and the Masters. Those three are very difficult to get credentialed, and I've been fortunate to cover all of them several times. And uh, each one has, you know, it's a, there's always a great storyline behind every one of those every single year. And the fact that I was there when Tiger Woods won it again in 2019, and, you know, very possibly his last win ever, uh, and he closed. I got a whole chapter on covering Tiger his whole career from his first swing as a 16-year-old at Riviera to that win, and I was there in 2008 when he won on a broken leg at Torrey Pines. So uh, that, ho- that whole bit right there, if you get a chance to be around those guys touching greatness, it doesn't get any better, but certainly uh, the Tiger thing and uh, the Masters is a special place to be. Ted Sobel, the book is Touching Greatness. Thanks for coming on. Good luck with the book, and where can people get it? You can get it on Amazon right now, and uh, also at Coach's Choice. I'm about to record the audio book the next several days, so I'm going to be doing way too much talking, and that'll be on uh, coacheschoice.com uh, as well, but uh, at Amazon, and I appreciate the time, guys. Uh, always enjoy it. And the pleasure is all ours, Ted. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Good luck with the book. This Sunday, starting at 11, join Dodger Insider David Vassay live broadcast at the newest WSS in Canoga Park on Topanga Canyon and Roscoe Boulevard. Special appearance by Dodger great Andre Ethier. First 100 to show up will receive a mystery gift card. And you'll have opportunities to win other prizes, including Dodger tickets, Dodger yearbooks, and more. Don't miss the WSS and LA Dodger launch celebration with Nike. Andre Ethier and David Vassay. This Sunday, WSS shoes, style, and selection. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Great as always. Rodney, we get him tomorrow. Bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down, sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, To live and die in LA.